Welcome to the Art of Money podcast with Art McPherson. And thanks for checking out the Art of Money podcast. My name is Mark Owens alongside Art McPherson and Luke McCarty. All the information for the McPherson Financial Group. You can find it at theartofmoneyradio.com. We'll talk about the market for a second because the Fed says it's wrapping its support of the economy sooner than expected, and it's going to likely raise interest rates more often this year. Now, many worried that this might trigger a market downturn, but I want you to hear this clip from money manager Gilbert Garcia, who told CNBC that this is all actually for the best. The concept of a Fed put that backstop, that in and of itself is what the danger is. It's leading to excess risk in the marketplace. It's leading to rates being artificially low. And I think that the sooner they rip the Band-Aid off and they let the market settle where they should, the better off we will be in the long run. Do you agree? And does this change your planning strategies, Luke McCarty? There's a lot the Federal Reserve can do. There's a lot the Federal Reserve can do wrong. Um, if we go back to 2018, the Federal Reserve was, they were raising interest rates too fast. So that hurt the market in 2018. However, this whole year, even part of last year, they've been warning us, telling us we're going to raise interest rates, but they're going to do it slowly. So as long as the Fed raises rates slowly, it should not have that big of an impact, but they need to raise rates to fight inflation. So two things need to happen. They need to stop printing money or spending money or raise interest rates. So I'm betting on them raising interest rates because they can't balance a budget. So interest rates are going to go up a little bit. It's going to be slow. Um, our concern is if they do it too fast, because when you think about when the Fed comes out and says, we're raising interest rates, it means the economy's doing well, the economy's overheating. So that could still kind of be a positive. When they pause and say, we're not raising interest rates, that could be a negative because now it's saying the economy's not good enough to raise interest rates. So it's almost the opposite sometimes of what we expect when we hear what the Fed says. So we just, our portfolios are built to withstand some of these fluctuations and certain sectors of the stock market do better in a rising interest rate environment than in you know a falling interest rate environment or a 0% interest rate environment. So we are definitely watching this every day. And one of the things that's always funny to me is the Fed always tries to guess. And it always looks like if you look historically backwards and you see what the rates, when when they raise, when they lower, they always overdo it. They raise too much and then they have to turn around and cut, you know, not too far in the distance or they'll cut too much and they have to turn around and start raising. So if they do it more moderately, uh, the economy typically can catch up with what they're doing. Raising means you're tightening the monetary policy. So you're tightening the money flow. You're tightening the monetary flow. So you're also raising the cost for businesses. You're raising the cost for uh, retail investors and also consumers on borrowing. So anytime you do that, that has a uh, negative effect on uh, using debt or uh, creating capital wealth. So all of that has a big effect over the long term. And if they do it slowly, it, the market and the economy can adjust with it. If they do it too quickly. It kind of puts the brakes on. So we're hoping the Fed will do a good job here and manage it a lot better than our government has been managing our debt. Hoping. <laughs> Hoping. 321-425-8550. Always online at artofmoneyradio.com. Let's say a client came to you with $1 million in retirement savings and asked you to build the ultimate portfolio. What would you allocate the money to? The Alliance for Lifetime Income explored this hypothetical question, and they devoted just over 50% to stocks. Another 20 went to bonds. 18% were put in annuities. The rest of it went to real estate, and bank CDs, and crypto. So does this mimic your ultimate $1 million portfolio? It doesn't mimic our portfolio, but it's a good starting point. And it depends how old the person is with the million dollars. 
It depends how risky the person is with the million dollars. It also depends how much money they want to spend off of the million or if they get the million dollars and they want to pay off their house or, you know, make big lump sums that also you know has a determination on how we manage that portfolio. But having multiple different types of investments is how you avoid the big downturns of the market. So from what you just said, putting over 50 percent in stocks, that could be OK for somebody with who wants to take a little bit more risk. Um the 60-40 rule right now with 60% stock and 40% bonds, well, we don't like bonds. We haven't liked bonds since last year. When interest rates are low or declining, bonds are good. When interest rates rise, bonds do not do very well. So we use a lot of alternatives in our bond space. We use annuities in our bond space. So it depends on the type of person walking in the door, what their goals are. Right? We mentioned don't worry about the short-term fluctuations of the market. Plan your portfolio around your goals. One thing I do like about this uh, scenario is they, they're putting on the table something that Luke and I do every day, which is typically in your 401k, you just have the option of stocks, bonds, or cash. Well, right now, bonds are tremendously overform, underperforming. Cash is tremendously underperforming. Cash does not even keep pace with inflation, nor are bonds. So you have a person that had that typical stock bonds and cash portfolio is going to have two of the three sectors underperforming, not even keeping pace with inflation. So that is a very poor performing portfolio. So they mentioned, you know, real estate, they mentioned um, alternative investments, and they mentioned annuities here. And we definitely do use all of those vehicles because we want a, a well-diversified portfolio and we want to overperform. So when we have struggling sectors that are, are not performing to their normal averages, we want to diversify so we can get a better performance so that 40%, 50%, 60% bond money can still give that good typical 4, 5, 6% yield that we're looking for. Mm-hmm. So when, when we run through these periods of time and you have something underperform, you want to find ways to make sure it's giving you the return and the yield you need. Right. So when we think of a portfolio of a 60-40, if that is the right allocation for you, it would be, you know, 60% of your money in the growth side and then 40% in the safe and stable. So your historical safe money has been bonds. Well, as we mentioned, you know, with interest rates rising, bonds are not going to perform for the next three to five years, in our opinion. So we consider that money safe money and we find different alternatives that Art was mentioning with annuities, with alternative investments, real estate, um, you know, CDs aren't doing anything, probably won't do anything for another three or four years, but potentially a CD in the future. So we have that in our toolbox. What about crypto? I noticed in the article, people talk about crypto being another possible option. Are people starting to turn the corner a little bit or is it still kind of risky? Crypto is the little bit of the wild, wild west. Mm. And it's like going to Vegas. I mean, because you can see crypto literally within a month go from $65,000 on Bitcoin to about $45,000. That's a $20,000 swing on something that's supposed to be a safe and stable investment. Well, currencies like that, when you're buying a currency or a commodity, gold and silver, they fluctuate a lot. Now, if you hold them and you're saying, I'm going to put 2%, 5% in my portfolio over the next 30 years, that's fine. You're doing a long-term play. But when you're trying to trade them as a commodity or as a currency, you can get caught really, really bad with some really wild fluctuations. So you have to be very, very careful with that. Yeah, with crypto, you have to be careful because if Elon Musk goes on Saturday Night Live, <laughs> the crypto market crashes. <laughs> if he tweets, it goes up, it goes down. So the underlying factors of how we look at an investment 
are just not there for crypto. Mm-hmm. Um, it can make sense. It's made sense for a lot of people who've made a lot of money. But just like Art said, if Bitcoin's 65000 this month, but 40000 next month, you lost 35% a month. That's a big, big fluctuation. That's that's a major market correction that happened in a, in a currency that you have to exchange for dollars and buy with dollars to buy things. It's just a... It's another world. It's the wild, wild west. And that is not a safe and stable investment. It's <laughs> not safe. It should be a, a small portion of your portfolio, if any portion. There was an article over the holidays about Elon Musk getting into a Twitter battle with, it was either Elizabeth Warren or AOC, or it might have been Kamala Harris about taxes. When you talk about stability, and if I had stock in Tesla, do I want the CEO arguing with senators and with vice presidents about taxes? Like, that doesn't seem very stable. <laughs> <laughs> well, Elon is Elon. I mean, he's done a lot of strange things. I mean, we have a space race going here in Brevard County. And one of the things that was funny to me is when he first launched his heavy lift vehicle, um, he had 17 government agencies that wanted to send up satellites behind, uh, you know, seeing if this was successful or not. And it was very successful. And they put a microphone in front of his face and he comes out and he goes, yeah, I thought it was going to blow up. <laughs> and I can see all of his engineers behind him going, no. <laughs> but he's, here's the bottom line with Elon. He has changed the electric car industry. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to buy an electric vehicle, Tesla is kind of the name brand to be in. He has taken a billion dollars to orbit for the cost of a satellite and cut it to a hundred million. You know, so he's he has dropped um, by cut the cost by tenfold. You know, so he's he's just he is a trendsetter. Um, he is changing industry, and that is the part of Elon that you want to ride. But. Just like Luke was saying, when he has different things connected to different stocks or to different things like Bitcoin, um, somebody's comments can make wide fluctuations. So that's where you have to have a long term focus. Don't worry about the short term fluctuation. You're doing this for a long haul. Yeah. So Elizabeth Warren was calling out Elon Musk for not paying taxes Mm -hmm. because he's had all these write offs. He has all these businesses, right? All these depreciation, all this payroll, right? He's paying taxes into the payroll tax. But he, he actually granted himself some stock options in Tesla, gosh, on maybe five, 10 years ago that were now expiring that he had to exercise. So he had to sell a bunch of stock to exercise those options. He had to sell stock to make more money, basically. And he's paying from his mindset of what he tweeted, he's paying $11 billion in taxes mm. for 2021, more than any person in the history ever in a single year. So that's what his comment back to Elizabeth Warren is. So some of his comments make a lot of sense. Like if, if you're getting mad at this guy for not paying taxes, well, he's paying a ton of taxes. Right. Right. Why are you going to raise his tax rate? He's paying billions. And he's employing hundreds he's employing. of thousands of yes. people. You know, you got to remember what he's doing and he's creating. There was no Tesla before Elon. And there was no SpaceX before Elon. All the jobs that come with those two new companies that he founded and invented are because of his brain power. So um, those are the things you want to reward um, as a government and get out of the way. The government's just supposed to be there to make sure that Elon is not taking advantage of his employees, that he's not working people harder or in unsafe environments. Let that guy do what he does best. Create new companies to hire millions of people. That's what you want the government to do. Thanks for listening. Want more from Art McPherson of McPherson Financial Group? Find us online at artofmoneyradio.com.
We are an independent financial services firm helping individuals create retirement strategies using a variety of financial and insurance products to custom suit their needs and objectives. Securities offered through World Equity Group, Inc., member FINRA and SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Investment advisory services offered through ProStatus Group, LLC. McPherson Financial Group and ProStatus Group, LLC are separate entities and are not owned or controlled by World Equity Group, Inc. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments can fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Investment financial professionals are not licensed in all 50 states. Art McPherson is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal or tax advice. Please consult with your attorney, accountant, and or tax advisor for advice concerning your particular circumstances. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through Arthur McPherson. Florida Insurance License Number A1 74725. Today's show has been a work of art. 